four-wheelers down the main road and bust out the sex when it's cold. We got back roads and four-wheel drive. What's up, everyone? Do we have a banger of a show for you tonight? I'm super excited. I would like to welcome on tonight's episode a man who truly needs no introduction. He is the co-owner of Legends Outfitters, the founder of Roost TV, the co-owner of Feet Down Waterfall, and he even hosts his own podcast called The Roost Podcast. This man is an absolute beast on a duck and goose call. He holds multiple championships, and he's a sniper with a shotgun. He's a good personal friend of mine. I'm talking about the one and only Joe Heinz. Joe, thanks so much for joining me, buddy. I'm looking forward to hearing your story. Let's get after it. What's going on, dude? Uh, it's good to have you on the show, man. I'm super excited. I know we've been trying to get this uh, going for the last few weeks, but you are one busy, busy man. So yeah. trying to track you down is like uh, trying to go after someone in the Secret Service. <laughs> well, thank you for having me, dude. I'm excited. Yeah, man. It's uh, our pleasure. Um, we're super excited. We got a great show. I'm looking forward to get into uh, some real cool uh, questions, kind of how you started um, yep. and basically kind of what it is that you got going on. And uh, I feel like every week there's something new. Uh, you're just nonstop grinding, whether you're in, in the blind or in asleep. It's just <laughs> nonstop grinding for you. I love it. So we'll get right into it. Um, Joe Heights, the, the, the uh, floor is yours. Awesome, dude. Um you want me to talk about how I got started or where you want me to go? Uh, kind of where you came from, born and raised, um, yeah. and basically where you live now. And then we'll kind of get into the business aspect. Okay. Well, I was born in Tempe, Arizona. And then um, at a very young age, I moved to Hutchinson, Minnesota. And that's where I reside right now. And um, waterfall hunting became a passion of mine when my father brought me out for my first time when I was like, uh, I'd say probably 12 years old, we went out to a cornfield with his buddy, uh, John Karg and John Karg had a kid, Gabe Karg, that was my age. And, uh, he had another kid that was a little bit older than I was. And we went out to this cornfield. We had coffin blinds where we just basically made like, like put corn trash all over us basically. And, uh, this is right when goose calls, short read goose calls were coming on the scene and um john's son could goose call really well and it it impressed me it impressed my dad and all my dad's buddies and shit and i was like you know what we killed like 20 some geese too i was like you know what this hunting thing is awesome i obviously want to do it because my dad's doing it and because you know i'd like to impress him and i really want to get good at goose calling because i want to impress my dad and all his friends and all that shit you know so I picked up my first goose call, my first short read goose call, and I was absolutely garbage on it. And uh, my buddy Aaron Luke, he his grandma had a cornfield right outside of Hutchinson that had a lot. It's still one of the best spots in town. And he was really good on a flute call. And uh, he would always tell me to shut up whenever we were calling. I was like, someday, dude, I'm going to get better than you and tell you to fucking shut up. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh. So oh, anyway, times have turned. Exactly. So anyway, years go down the road. We I start doing competition calling, and I win a couple. I've been grateful enough to win a couple championships and uh, goose and some duck calling, and it kind of just ran from there. And then um, back in those days were like the DVD days, like uh, Jeff Foils and Fred Zink and stuff like that, and. When I was getting into it, I was filming some hunts, but I didn't have enough good stuff to put on a DVD or even know how to begin to put stuff on a DVD. And uh, a year or two later, DVDs fell off hard, you know? Nobody's buying DVDs anymore. And uh, it was all social media based, so I kept filming my hunts and putting them out on social media, and um, it just kind of took hold from there. And then with uh, YouTube, I, had a, I have a YouTube channel that had quite the following, but I wasn't getting paid for it, you know, and it's like, man, there's a lot of money in this camera and traveling and paying camera guys and stuff like that. So I was like, well, I'm going to create a website that's uh, paid for subscription base that we call the Roost TV. And I do that with um, Scott Trinan, who's a three time world live goose calling champion. He was making DVDs at the time. 
But then when DVD sales fell off the face of the earth, he didn't really want to start, you know, making stuff for free. So I contacted him and was like, hey, this is what we should do. I have plenty of content. You have plenty of content. Let's make a subscription-based website. Call it the roosttv.com. And we kind of ran from there. And in the meantime, too, I started Legend Outfitters, who you come you come hunt with me and Trevor, with Trevor Ludke. Yep. We've hosted you guys a couple of times. Had some good hunts. Had some bad hunts. That's how it goes. Yeah, it's kind of like gambling. It's a hit or miss type of it, deal, you know. Anyone yeah. that knows waterfall hunting knows – you're not yeah. always going to bang out nine man limits with five bands, you know, it's no, just uh, yeah. depends on the weather and the migration and all yeah. that logistical bullshit. Exactly. And I own a little bit of a uh, feet down waterfall in Fergus Falls with uh, Connor Lausch. Okay. So you, you basically got your hands in every fucking cookie jar known to man. If I can. Yeah, I try to. <laughs> <laughs> it works I love out pretty it, man. Good. I can, uh, I can guide customers. I'm hunting. I can guide customers. And I get paid doing that, and I also film for the Roost TV, and I get paid doing that, you know. Yeah. And I can and I can promote companies that I work with, like Big Al Silhouettes and uh, Molt Gear, Goose Calls, and G Tech, hand warmers, and you name it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that wow, that was a lot in a nutshell. So let me back back up a little bit. So <laughs> you, did you have something before Legends took off that you were doing? Hmm. I kind of did. I was working with Phil Schmidt of uh, Goosebusters Guide Service. He owned Goosebusters. Okay, I've heard of that. And I was guiding with him for a little while. And then he moved away to Las Vegas because Phil liked doing two things. He liked killing geese and ducks. And he loved riding his crotch rocket. He loved riding motorcycle. So I think his passion for riding motorcycle kind of overcame the guiding. And he moved to Las Vegas with his girlfriend so he could just ride motorcycle all the time. So oh, he nice sold, weather. yeah, he sold Goosebusters to Trevor Ludke, and Trevor That's Ludke how Trevor got involved. Yeah, so he he lived like thirty minutes away from me. So I owned Fowl Family Guide Service, and I was running my own guides. Trevor was running his guides, and me and Trevor hunted one time together, got along, and then next thing you know, he'd call me like, "Hey, do you got a spot for tomorrow?" Like, yeah, and I'd call him if I was ever in a pickle, like, "Hey, do you got a spot for tomorrow? I could take some guys; it'd be worth it," you know. So. We literally just started hunting together all the time. But at the end of the hunt, it was like, all right, you guys write a checkout to me. And then you guys write a checkout to Goosebusters Guide Service. It just didn't make much sense. And I'm like, you know what, Trevor, we're hunting together all the time. And I don't know why. I remember when I asked him, right before I asked him, I don't know why, but I was nervous about it. Like, I th- what if he says no? And as soon as I was like, why don't me and you just make our own guide service? Because we work really well together, you know? He's like, yeah, let's do it. Well, so- if he says no, it's like asking a girl out. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know why I was about it, but he was like, "Yeah, absolutely, let's do it. I think that's a good idea," you know. And I mean, it is a good idea. You got two different areas of scouting and shit like that. And Trevor knows how to scout, how to goose call, and we just made. Trevor a good knows call. the ins and outs of the guide service and and the and, and Phil Schmidt, right? And that Phil Schmidt that owned Goosebusters that Trevor bought, he helped me out tremendously when it came to hunting migrators or or how to hide or how to do this and that, you know. And, and he did the same thing with Trevor. So me and Trevor have a great respect for Phil Schmidt. And uh, Phil Schmidt one time told me that if he was going to rename Goosebusters, he would have named it Legend Outfitters. So we kind of named it Legend Outfitters out of our respect for Phil and kind of where our roots came from type of deal. You know? I did not know that. That is awesome, Joe. Yeah, I love the. I was going to ask, how did that name come about? But you already hit it. Right. So that's where no that kidding. So in an honor and tribute of your guys's essential mentor, that's yeah. kind of how that came out. <laughs> exactly right. Yep. Dude, that's awesome. Major yeah, respect a... for him and, and that opportunity. I bet I bet he loves to see that it's still oh, yeah. growing and rapidly and evolving every yeah. year and how big it's got and all that stuff. That's good stuff. I had no idea. Yeah, and he was the same way with uh, Nick Johnson, another really good buddy of mine. And, and Nick J. Yeah, Nick J was hunting with Phil, and then Nick got in a little bit of trouble, so then he couldn't hunt for, like, a few years, and then that's when Phil contacted me, and I jumped on board with him. But the, the same, like, when I met Phil, I was a 19-year-old kid that you couldn't tell nothing to. I knew how to kill geese. I knew how to kill ducks, and I went hunting with Phil, and it was like, oh, my God. He opened up so many new avenues and and views, and you know, just think, he taught me how to migrate or hunt. I had no idea. 
graders, big lines of geese would push down on north wind days if the weather and conditions were right. And uh, the first time he ever took me on a migrated goose hunt was the, a life-changing experience, to say the least, to be honest with you. And now it's my favorite way to kill them. But yeah, and, and how to hide, how to do grass hides and shit. Like if you hunt in a yellow cornfield, you don't need to stubble every strap with yellow corn trash. You can go out there with grass. And if you do it right, you'll get away with it, you know? So you essentially, you and Trevor attended the Phil Schmidt's Waterfall School of Champions. Same with Nick Johnson, yeah. And with Nick J. That is yeah. so cool. You he guys are our- roots with all three of you. It's really awesome yeah. to hear. He was our sensei. Turned us into ninja waterfall warriors. <laughs> I love it. He was your your master splinter. Yes, exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's epic. I love the story. That yeah. is so cool. So I'm sure a lot of people have wondered the same thing. Like, how did they come up with that, or what yeah. made them do what they do? And you just explained everything right down to the to the end. Yeah, it was great. And then I with uh, with Connor Lausch at Feet Down Waterfall. Um, I heard about how good the hunting was in, in Fergus Falls, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, Trent Toso uh, called me. He was he was guiding for or with Connor. And he called me. He's like, dude, you got to get up here. Like, we're killing limits every day, and we're killing leg bands and double-banded geese every day. And I was like, well, how far away is Fergus Falls from my town, you know? Always. Two, two and a half hours. So it wasn't that bad. And I mean, I've traveled eight hours to go kill geese. Yeah, yeah. I go, all right, dude, I'm coming up there tomorrow. So I literally jumped up at like four in the morning, drove up there, got there at daylight and hunted with them in their pits. And it was just amazing. But I was like, well, how many pits do you guys have? And they're like, well, we got like three or four of them. And it was a Saturday and they only had like eight guys, you know? And I was like, well, shit, dude, I could probably help you fill some of these spots. And I met up with Connor and Connor didn't want me up there at first because he thought me being a guy knowing my own guide service, I'd go up there and step on his toes and try to get my own land and shit, you know, and I just, it's not the type of person I am at all. No, you respect the game more than anything. Exactly. I love the game and respect the game. So dude, if you would take me anywhere, you will never, ever see me knocking on any doors in a, you know, 10 mile radius of that fucking place. Yeah. So anyways, he's like, yeah, well, if you can book some guys, I'll split them with you. So we started booking guys and now this, uh, Every year we've been booking over 900 guys from November to December. So it's absolutely took- remarkable. Right. Wow. So then that, that's how Fergus got involved then. Yep. That's how Fergus got involved. Okay. So all this just kind of just re- gradually just kind of fell into place without yep. you really even attempting to, you know, try and, you know, get things going. It just kind of all gelled in and yeah. uh, the right time, the right well, place. Pretty good yeah that's that's awesome that's really awesome so how how many years have you been with fergus then uh this this was my fourth okay well it was my third year guiding but four years ago i went up there but i only went up there for like you know a weekend here weekend there maybe three different times yeah yeah so your first year there was our first year there i think so yeah that's think- cool Yep. Very, very cool. I like it. What uh, What is your favorite thing about the Fergus Falls layout? Dude, honestly, just the just the comfort of pits, to tell you the truth, because we don't have any pits here back home in, in Hutch. Yeah. But the pits are nice. You got a heater. You know, you can, we got that, that double layer pit where we have the TV and the table and the... Oh, yeah, like a little kitchen area. The kitchen and shit, you know, so you can cook food and roll dice and gamble and <laughs> get, a little get, bit of Vegas inside of a pit. Yeah. Yeah. Get some dancing girls and <laughs> get, uh, get the pole, get the yeah, pole activated. Yeah. Yeah. We got Xbox down there and shit. It's pretty fun. That's awesome. That's really, that's really awesome. I know uh, our first, first time getting in those pits, I was like, Holy shit. We've yeah. officially hit a different level right here. Right. Right. Yeah. That's good. These guys are on a totally different level. I think we had 11 or 12 that, that year. It was such a big pit. And God, so bad, up. dude. That, I mean, we hunted the East Pit, and there was like, what, yeah, 12, 13 of you guys. We yeah. hunted it all day long, and what did we kill, like four geese or something? It was a rough one. It was rough. And then literally the next day, in the same exact pit, we killed like 18 or 20 and two double-banded geese. That's just how it goes up there, though. Yeah. 
this is how it goes. There one day you'll hunt a pit, you'll kill them five days in a row, and the next thing you know, you don't kill them on the sixth day, or you don't kill them for three days in a row, and you kill them on the fourth and fifth day. You know. Yeah, we've had some some weird experiences. We came down to Hutch the the one year, the first year I think our first yeah. year was just rough. Yeah. Um, but we enjoyed the time. Yeah, absolutely. It's not that we're not scouting and trying to get when you guys come, we're really, really looking for the best spot in the goddamn state. <laughs> down. And it's just up to the birds, what the birds want to do. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's, right. I know, I know you understand that, which is good, but sometimes people so don't. many variables. Yeah. Sometimes people don't. It gets a little rough. It's like, well, I've been hunting for two days now. We've only killed five geese. It's like, dude, what do you want me to do? I, I, can't I killed make... the same amount you have, you know? Yeah, right. Exactly. I'm sitting out here too. You know, it's, yeah, it just is what it is. I can't make them fly. I can't make them decoy. I'm just there to put you in the best spot as possible. And it's up to you if they come and we kill them or not. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Uh, that leads me into my next question. Basically we partnered up, uh, I would say five years ago now. Uh, we only have to do four because of last year's, yeah COVID nonsense but uh this will be i guess our fifth year technically this next fall what made legends you and trevor or just legends in general want to link up with our nonprofit? uh i'm sure you're constantly badgered by companies and groups and organizations yeah. uh what made us uh a good candidate for what you wanted to do um by talking with you when I, I mean, you're right. We do get reached out a lot. You know, this organization, that organization. There was another military organization that had reached out, and I had enough people tell me, like, there's something weird about that organization. I wouldn't do it. You know, I think they were trying to do it for the wrong reasons or something. What was it? I cannot remember the name of it, but huh. I think it was more along the lines of a guy that just wanted to come on free hunts, and that was it. And maybe he'd have his buddy that just so happened to be in the hunting, into hunting come with too. You know, and I felt like he was just more or less trying to squeeze out a free hunt, you know. So a but cheap the, ass. Yeah, sure. And then when I talked with you, just your drive and how serious and how, you know, knowledgeable you were. Like, oh, yeah, we are going to bring this many guys. And I looked you up and, and everything seemed very legit. Like, if I'm taking this Joel Campbell out with Fallen Outdoors, I know for a fact he's not going to try to squeeze in four of his bar buddies. Like, he is going to bring veteran waterfall hunters out and that's and that's exactly what happened and and, and honestly dude the first time you came or the second time when i got to meet jeremy and i think jeremy's a super awesome freaking character (laughs) jeremy's a different character that's for sure funny as shit and like just just the whole camaraderie and the whole everything hanging out with you guys was awesome and there was never there's never been a time where they've been assholes or dicks or stuck up or anything like that everybody was very nice and polite and and it was a privilege and an honor to take guys out like you and, and Jeremy and a bunch of other people, you know what I mean? We, uh, we, we, we like to carry ourselves in and outside the military with the same type of, you know, yeah. dignity and respect and honor. Yes. We're representing not only ourselves, our families. And then right. when they link up with our organization, that's yeah. just like, almost like the military. That's, that's us. Right. It was well, a very, we, it was a very organized organization, <laughs> you know? Yeah. We try and make sure that we're, we're dialed in and we have the details of who's coming. Yeah. Everybody have a license. Yeah. Everybody exactly. have clothing. Like, yeah. you know, we don't show up half-assed. Exactly. Uh, I pride myself on my chapter in North Dakota, you know, definitely coming in with the full deck of cards and I know exactly what the hell I'm doing. Right. Yeah. No, it, it, yeah, it wasn't a mess. You weren't calling me every other day, like, oh, we're going to switch dates, or, oh, what if we did this, or, oh, what if we did that? It was, here's when we're coming, and here's when you showed up, and it was a great time, every time. Yeah, it's been it's been a really good experience, both uh, on, on both sides, for your guys' group and, and our group. We, we try and make, when you're taking the time um, to take a group out, that we yeah. try to accommodate you as much as possible, because you're taking time out of, you're busy, work schedule where you can be making money to donate um, time to us. So we're not trying to be a big pain in the ass. We want to make it enjoyable, but at the same time, you know, both both groups got to be on the same page. And that's how it felt too. Not one ounce of it was a pain in the ass. It was very stress-free and 
yeah, they just, when these guys want to come, let's take them. Absolutely. Yada, yada. I mean, it, it worked out great. It's been, uh, it's been a cool experience. We've got to bring guys down to Hutch. Um, yep. I know one year, Jeremy was there for the one year. We had that bad blizzard and we just busted them. Yeah, yeah. I shot a bunch of ducks and geese. We took yeah, that. Yeah, that was a really, it was a late where like, ah, is that going to yep. be a rough one today? Had a couple of down and then all of a sudden that blizzard came and you were like, it's about to get dirty. Get ready. Yeah. And then within 25 minutes, limits. Yeah, yeah. We took that picture in front of the VFW. Yeah, it's literally, <laughs> yeah. It, it was blizzarding and it was a wild, wild day. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, and then you guys stayed the night, I'm pretty sure. We did. We did stay the night. My dad lives literally right across the alleyway of the VFW, so you guys got to come hang out, see the town, and guys got uh, pretty wild in the VFW. I had a few of my buddies like, I think some of your friends are here. These guys are freaking awesome. I'm like, yeah. (laughs) So for our our audience, Joe has the key to the Hutchinson because he's the mayor. So (laughs) we came down to stay the night after a long day grinding, so it was a long drive. He said, yeah, stay. I'll take you out. You guys can check out the town, meet some people. It'd be a good time. VFW's got something going on tonight. I'm like, I'm game. So a few of us stayed. And we hit the VFW. They did the meat raffle. I can't remember if anybody won anything or not, but the food is great. And yeah. we had some cocktails. And then uh, Joe took us out, and we got to check out uh, Hutch and meet some cool people. We had a great time. Yeah, yeah. I remember when Jeremy came up, he's like, there's some guy sitting outside of the bar back there. And he's cocking off. I walked in, he said something smart to me. And he's like, I don't want to kill him. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, let me go see who it is. I don't want to kill him, but I will have to. And it was my buddy Blake. And I'm like, oh my God, Blake. And Blake, he gets a little tuned up. I'm like, hey, Blake, don't be running your mouth to these guys, all right? And he's like, oh, all right, whatever. Sorry. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> it's like, little God. did he know one of them's killed more people than cancer. <laughs> yeah, right. Little did he know. Guys yeah. special forces. Yeah, it's kind of different when you got guys, you know, that are that are that are soft because they're on a totally different level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was definitely one of our definitely one of my best memories uh, for sure was the Hutch experience. And yeah. then we came up to Fergus, I think, the year after. Uh, that was a good one too because we got I think we had a twelve man pit and we had eight guys that have never even been and yeah, four yeah. guys that had been. And you were like, do we mix it up or? Do you want right. to wait or what do you want to do? And you go, no, bring them out. They can experience it. And now I know six of those guys that came out now are waterfall hunters to this day. Good. Awesome. Took one one opportunity with Joe and Legends, and now they're just all hooked. Right. Absolutely. I'm sure the wives hate me, but it is what it is. Yeah. Good. <laughs> good. It's got a super it. expensive sport, but it's so much fun. All right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, it was it was cool to, to be able to do that. Um. So one thing we, we like to, to do when it comes to these, uh, these podcasts is, is there anything that specifically stands out about TFO compared to other organizations that you maybe either heard about or you've worked with? Uh, we like to know if there's things we need to improve on or if there's anything specifically that we do good. Uh, and I mean, right offhand, dude, not really. Like I said, a very organized organization. I really haven't tried talking with anybody else because you guys kind of locked in. We're so awesome. Yeah. It's like, well, I don't need to, you know what I mean? I don't need to, yeah. Else, I'm just going to stick to these dudes. And you guys have always been really good at shouting us out. And, and it's like, well, we're not going to take the chance with anybody else. We'll just stay here. <laughs> I mean, like my old man would say, when you find something good, you, I mean, yeah. why, why try and reinvent the wheel? Right, exactly. Sometimes you luck out and it's the first time you try it and you're like, hey, these guys are awesome. I'm not going to switch. Yeah, <laughs> that works. Right. That that works. I've had uh, people ask, like, well, are there other outfitters? I'm like, yeah, we work with several, but there's some that we repeat specifically yeah. for the experience and you guys are one of the main ones. Right, awesome. It's always just a great time. I've never, uh, never had any complaints. Um, Good. We, yeah, we always, the guys always enjoy themselves. Like, even on the days when it's rough, the entertainment that goes on in the blind is, I yeah. mean, we bought out cigars that one year. It was awesome. Oh, hell yeah. yeah, just hung out in the pit. Nice heat. Yeah. Smoking, calling at geese and shooting geese. You can't get yeah. anybody. Pit life is something different. Exactly. It's great. Anytime you show up to a hunt with legends, you got to bring yourself a Cuban because it gets Joe real excited. Right, right. A Cuban cigar, not a young Cuban boy. <laughs> 
<laughs> Maybe I should clear that off. A Cuban cigar, not a young Cuban child. <laughs> Jesus. One of them gets me excited. You'll have to figure that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the Cuban cigars. I can I can verify that. It is. Oh man. So yeah, that's always, that's always a good time. Um, I'm curious if there's anything that you like, as far as hunting stories go, anything that really stands out. I know from just getting to know you on both both professional level and and a friendship level, Mm -hmm. you have a very fun and chaotic life because I see it all. What anything that stands out that you're like, this is a good story. I'd love to, to share with our audience. Um, well, we just had a hunting accident with, uh, Nick Johnson down in Oklahoma. You did? I didn't know about that. It was, yeah, it was, it was really, really gruesome actually. Um, so we had, we go down to Oklahoma with Coastal Wings Outfitters in uh, Loveland, Oklahoma down there. They got a big gorgeous lodge and, uh, they cook you meals and they got places to stay, bean bags, and big screen TV, gorgeous place. So we go, me and Nick go down there every year. We, t- we run two groups of six guys. And it, it was, uh, we go down there for a week and it was our last day. So we had the truck packed up, you know, we had all our clothes. We were going to hunt, literally go back to the lodge, eat, and then leave. And, um, we get to our duck spot. We have probably eight ducks down and, uh, we have the blinds lined up right next to each other, you know, and everybody's guns pointing out and Nick stands up like really fast and, uh, he bumps his gun. And the gun just kind of scoots over. So Nick gets out and he walks right in front of everybody's gun. And then when he gets past that, he goes up the hill and he doesn't get his bibs off in time and he shits all over his bibs. (laughs) (laughs) It was the most. I thought you were going to say someone got shot. (laughs) Right. Oh, no. I mean, like, he crapped his pants. And uh, it was it was bad. He couldn't get his bibs off in time, so he stripped down to nothing but his uh, his hunting boots, no underwear, and his Dakota hoodie, and had like a mile long lock to the truck. Nick Tor- J is full blown naked except for boots and a hoodie. Yep, had to walk. And he walks to the truck like that. Yeah, because that's where his clothes were changed. Oh, would have been a great would have been a great time for the farmer to drive by see how we were doing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> how did he get to that point? I don't know. He said, dude, it just, we ate fish the night before. And I think that was, wasn't set good with him. And we had ducks flying around, so he couldn't really get out, you know? Yeah. Finally, he's like, I got to go and I got to go now. And now he's got, you know, he's got a G tech that he's got to disconnect. Yeah. He's got a zipper and then he's got a zipper down to his, his uh, bibs. And then he got to get those bibs off. And then he got layers that you got to pull down too. And it just wasn't enough time. So he just blew his back end out full of diarrhea. Yep. Yep front of the clients and everything it was awesome <laughs> oh nick jay shout out to you yeah. i uh maybe you should i don't know maybe get a, a sponsorship from depends <laughs> right yeah but other other than that that was pretty gruesome <laughs> yeah that was really gruesome i did not expect that i'm really glad that was the outcome yeah right 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 wow no, i mean i don't know we went to uh and there's always crazy shit that happens with me and Nick. We, um, cause me and Nick travel together a lot. Yeah. And, uh, we flew down to Phoenix, Arizona, probably a month or two ago. And we were going to do some goose hunting down there. And, uh, Brandon Nickel picked us up down there and it was like 10 o'clock at night. We were going to his buddy's house and he's like, you guys want something to eat? And the only thing that was really open was like an in and out burger. So I just smashed this greasy, disgusting in and out burger. Like whatever it's food, you know? I get to this guy's house. It's a gorgeous house. You know, you can tell his wife is on Pinterest a lot because it's it's like textbook Pinterest Instagram. Really? And, you know, it, was, it was very nice looking, but um, he's like, Joe, here's your bedroom. And Nick, there's your bedroom. And so I'm laying down and I maybe fall asleep for like an hour and I wake up and I have the worst stomach ache ever. And like I said, dude, I've only been in this guy's house for like maybe an hour. I ran to his bathroom and barfed all over the place. It was disgusting. It was a nice really? like. It was a nice like. Hey, thanks for having me. <laughs> well, I blow chunks all over the wall. Yeah, right. Well, I puke profusely, loudly into your toilet. Holy! Like, uh, you didn't? Did you want poop and barf stories or no? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that works. Because <laughs> um, you're getting them. Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, 
So anything coming up this next year uh, that specifically you're excited for, calling competitions? Are you going to, um, I think, a squad fest down now? Yeah. yeah, I went to squad fest last year. That was a really, really, really good time. Like those guys, it was it was a fun time, man. It was awesome. So I plan on going back to there. And uh, I mean, I don't know, man, honestly, just. I look forward to the end of hunting season as much as I do the beginning. And now that it's been the end and I've been away from it for a while, I'm kind of wanting it to come back. You know? You're essentially a pro football player. Sure. You be. run the way that you prepare. I know. Just, just right. listen to me out. Listen, hear me out. So you <laughs> prep in the summer, just like they have training. And then yep. you hit it hard in the fall. And yep. it goes all the way. I mean, practically to February, you know, Super Bowl. And then you're done basically around here and then you travel, but then come summertime, it's all over again. It's, I, yeah. I feel like it's just, that's gotta be like being a pro athlete. Yeah. Going to shows and training. Yeah. Shows. Traveling. And I mean, and having, contest and, uh-huh. Yeah. That's yeah. That's, it's a wild calling, life for sure. Calling contests things slowed down last year because um, with COVID and shit, they really, they really didn't have one. Me Were and my virtual what's that do they do like virtual calling or just none yeah they do but i like getting on stage and doing it and shit you know and yeah that we, virtual stuff is really lame yeah we and I, I wouldn't say lame gets a lot of people to do it but i like being around the atmosphere you know oh, what i'm I mean? sure so me and my buddy brian roger went down to uh uh texas i can't remember what part they had a big speedway there and they had a goose calling contest there and that was pretty cool they had uh Jeff Foyles was down there, all the guys from Pacific Calls and stuff, and went down there and did a calling contest. That was that was cool. But that was really the only one that I've been in in a while because, I mean, we don't have a state one here. They're going to have a state one, I guess, now, Mike Benjamin, mm-hmm. a world champion goose caller, and he's where he works at down in Rochester. They're having the uh, state contest and a duck contest and stuff like that. So I'm kind of looking forward to that because that will be a new a new one, you know. So you were promoting something like I think last week or the week before it was like uh I don't I don't know what the hell was it it was like a worldwide calling association oh yeah yeah the ICA the International Callers Association so describe what that is and what are they're trying to accomplish because I see when you get on board with something it's something you care about deeply yeah I I mean I care about calling very deeply because I think that's where all of our roots came from from people that stand out like like fred zink and jeff foils and big sean and the hundall brothers and scott trying and those are all their names are as big as they are because they're champion duck and Callers. goose players. yeah you know? it makes total sense so when i was getting into it i was like well i mean in order for me somebody to want to watch me i feel like i need to be a contest champion duck and goose caller right so i got in to contest calling been doing it for many many years now and the sport has kind of like died off almost, you know, like it's just teetered off. There used to be 20 people at a contest and now there's, you know, anywhere from eight to 10 and it just has slowly tapered. And I think the reason why is because new guys are nervous to get into it. And with the novice, like you have to win a novice. Um, if you win one novice contest, you can't blow in a novice contest anymore. Now you go into the open which is like the pro level, you know? So you do good in a novice and now you jump into the pros and you start getting your ass kicked for a while. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we're trying to, we're trying to change that with like a point system. So just because you win one novice doesn't mean you jump in with the pros. You can jump in with the pros, but you have to win. You have to win a pro circuit one in order to go over or to not be able to do the novice anymore. So we're trying to get more kids into it. That's like trying not to, be so intimidating, basically, I think is is what they're trying to do, you know. So just trying to help more people out that are novice that want to get into the sport and teach them the rules and the outlines and the where where contests are being held and where this will be and that'll be. And and I mean contests are a freaking blast, dude. They're literally it's literally my second hunting season, you know? Cause you go to all those shows and you're around all these pros and all these awesome duck and goose hunters and callers, you know. I just love it. So we're trying to get more people to go and do that type of stuff. Well, I agree. Like you said, it's kind of the backbone of the waterfall <laughs> industry. I mean, our, our yeah. grandparents probably were a championship. Like the one that I take after the most is my mom's dad. He was a huge waterfaller. 
Uh, big into dogs, gun dogs. I think mm-hmm. he helped breed them too. Never met the guy because unfortunately he passed away when my mom was like 19. But I'm like a reincarnated version of him because the guy was just nothing waterfall, which is right. crazy. And I, I wonder what the guys like that, like our dads and our grandfathers that maybe did this, what they were doing. Because these pile pictures that they have from like black and white, you know, from yeah. the 50s are yeah. massive. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they definitely are. He uh he got into him like that man knew how to kill and he yeah. had a nice group that he did it with because it was cool. We took a picture of me and a bunch of buddies and we almost without trying duplicated a picture he did 56 well probably like 80 years ago, which yeah. I thought was just wild. It's funny you talk about that reincarnation thing because I have a great uncle and uh his name was Joe. Really? And this guy got in some trouble for killing birds and he also got kicked out of school because there was a back pond with a bunch of snow geese on it and he went back there and jump shot it you sure <laughs> that wasn't you right right <laughs> so this guy i guess had giant mason jars full of leg bands of ducks and geese and and no just kidding. old school cone neck collars and shit like that and he was just a ultimate killer he, he grew up in the rugby north dakota area and he just killed waterfall. That's what he loved to do the most. And uh, I think that might be kind of where my bloodline came from, mostly. <laughs> you know, that is that those stories right there. I just I can't get enough. And it's there's no other that I can think of that killed like he, my, my uncle Gerald hunts from time to time. Yeah, but he didn't do it like like Uncle Joe did. You know. Yeah, that's wild. I'm. T- it's, I think it's. I think it's very, there's something to it because yeah. the more I say stuff or the more my mom fills me in, um, it's just crazy. And I already met the guy and how much right. we both were like that. I have a funny, uh, kind of a funny story. So my mom is, um, was big into it as a child. I don't know as far as the hunting aspect, but she was all about like cooking it and eating it. And I think yeah. uh, taught me some pretty awesome techniques with cleaning yeah. Um, but overall, like, was all about it. Like, if I have leftover birds, she's 100% bring it to the house. Like, she'll yeah, cook yeah, it yeah. up. And my dad started getting into it, but normally my mom's the one that does that. Yeah. Um, but how many parents do you know that, <laughs> like, in their 70s, women that get as excited to eat that stuff as you do? Yeah, probably none. none, it's, none. it's wild when I think about how excited my mom gets for fresh goose or fresh yeah. – uh, mallard breasts or, or whatever or, or the stories or did you get any birds you send me pictures like right. i love hearing that from my mom my dad's excited like that's awesome but he's more of a whitetail guy yeah so yeah. my mom's like i mean what, how'd you guys do or what was yeah. you, where were you at i were you on water or like she asked those kinds of questions and she's excited for the pictures i get just as excited if not more. yeah exactly yeah my mom don't really care that much but my dad you know he obviously my dad was the one that got me into it, but I mean, I, I took it to a whole nother level. He oh liked, yeah, for sure. Uh, he liked to shoot ducks and geese, but he was no contest caller or nothing, you know, but he, he really likes canning them. Like I'll cut up all my geese and give them to him. And um, my buddy owns Benny, uh, Benny Shorjrock owns Benny meat markets here in Hutch. Uh-huh. So I'll out of my geese to him and he'll cube it up and cut it up real fine for me so we can make jerky. My dad loves making jerky. He loves cubing it up and canning it. He's got a bunch of goose canned up and stuff like that. So I like it. That's a cool, loves, that's a totally different way of doing it, canning it. Yeah, yeah. He loved doing it. Huh. Does, does he ever get out with you or just too busy? Yeah. No, he's gone out with me a couple times. He The first time he took me out, I actually got a picture of it. My first goose hunt right behind me here um, was, you know, I don't know how old I was back then, 12, maybe 13, whatever he said it was. But then we didn't hunt together for like 10 years or 10 to maybe even 11 years. And I took him out on a goose hunt with me and we ended up killing like 20 something, got a leg band and shit. He's came with me probably four other times and we've shot a bunch of geese, but he doesn't get out as much, you know, as he'd like to. He, he He's retired now, but he worked at a concrete block plant where he drove forklift and shit. Okay. So that's busy for I think he was there for 13 years, you know, so yeah, that was in the morning. Like when I'd wake up at four thirty-five in the morning to go get my trailer, because I bought a house right next to his house. Yeah. Yeah. I remember you saying that. So that's where my trailers are parked and I'd go there and pick up the trailer and stuff and he'd be leaving for work too. So I get to sit and talk with him for a little while. And it was cool, but I could never take him because he was always working and he works. Yeah. Out. 
now that he's retired, are you going to try and kind of get out more? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I will. Yeah. That's he don't shit. like the cold and shit, you know. I'd have to take him in the early September. Or the pits with the heat. Or the pits with the heat. He did come to Fergus one time. Did he? Yeah, we hunted out in the pits. Him and his buddy uh, Todd Card. But um, yeah, it was it was cool. We killed. I, I mean, we didn't bash fifty packs, but we were killing you know ten, fifteen. Yeah. With just us, so it was a pretty good time. What does he think of this overall world that you've built for yourself? off of t- him taking you out as a young kid and now what you've been able to accomplish with the passion and uh, i'm gonna say addiction because i'm addicted to it just like oh yeah what does he think of the like your world and the career you built for yourself he he likes it i don't know if he fully completely under under understands it you know yeah. what I mean? like what goes into it or what everything means because he's not on social media you know he's got a yeah, he's grasp of it yeah yeah he's got a facebook and stuff but there's some, I mean, so we just, me and him were just uh, down and over in South Dakota. And when we were walking through the airport, there's a couple guys that would stop and talk to me and say hi to me and stuff. And he, he kind of got it then, you know, like Jesus, you know, like what the heck? You're kind of, uh, kind of famous. You're right. Something like that. But you know, it's, I don't think he fully, fully gets it. And he always, my dad lives in between the river and the sanctuary. So every time I come home with a bunch of dead geese, and there's geese flying over the house, he'll tell me I'm not doing a good enough job. <laughs> you know I, mean? like, I love it. There's, still, there's still, still flying and shitting all over the house. How come you're not killing these fucking still, things? Still thought, giving you shit. I'm trying. Yeah, I thought you were good at this. Like, shut up, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you can still rib you. That's good stuff right yeah. there. Yeah. Right on. Well, that's awesome. Um, this summer, so other than Squad Fest, are they doing, uh, what is it, uh, um the hell is it what's the minnesota um big festival that we have i forget game fair yeah is game fair still a thing yeah game fair game fair will go i don't uh trevor's getting married like the first or the second weekend of the game fair so i'm I'm only gonna be be there i'm only gonna be there for you know the first or second weekend whenever he's not having his uh his Wedding. uh, wedding yeah yeah, it makes sense. But yeah, I I only made it one weekend to the game fair this year because they had Winstock the other weekend, and I'm not missing Winstock. Oh, I know you're a big Winstock fan. Wait, have you ever been there, dude? Uh, that's the one festival I don't think I've been to. God, it's a blast. It's only 20 minutes away. You know. I know. I was gonna go not last year for me. Oh, for you, yeah. Yeah. Uh the year before, because I think you were like, dude, you got to check it out. And it was a good lineup, but I just couldn't get away with work. Yeah. Luke Combs, Jason Aldean. Yeah. And I'm, I'm a, I like country music, but I don't go for the music. <laughs> you know what you I mean? go for the party scene. I go, I go to party. Yeah. yeah I, got I, know. Tur- I, got I see your videos. I got Turkey Man out there this year and he had a freaking blast. He's the type of guy like, no, I'm not going. Sounds dumb. And then finally, when I get him there, he just has a freaking ride. He's like a kid in a candy store. Exactly. Oh, it's, it's a good time. He's a character too. Yeah. Turk Man. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's good stuff. Yeah, he's awesome. Well, that's but, good stuff. Yeah. What do you, you guys got any plans going or what do you got going on? So like, Squad Fest, we're getting a booth, so we'll see you there. Nice. Hell yeah. Yep. Um, Asher hit me up uh, about two weeks ago and said, hey, we're doing, you know, Squad Fest is coming together. We'd love to uh, offer you guys a booth opportunity. We'd love yeah. to have it down. So I was like, I'm there. Right. So, yeah. Uh, it was cool. Uh, we heard about it from Cody. Um, Stokes like a month ago when he came on the podcast and then like now things are really starting to ramp up when Asher got a hold of me so we're excited to be down there um, in mid-July so for those that don't know Squad Fest is in uh, St. Petersburg is that right? I don't know (laughs) (laughs) I think it's I think it's St. Peter's St. Peter's Missouri Yeah, Um, yeah. I believe it's the 16th 17th and 18th of July yep um, so we're excited to come down for that, uh, for sure. And then, you know, just our, our banquets that we normally do for sure. Yeah. And then I know a lot of other chapters have a bunch of other events going on. Um, I know that sure. they're changing where that squad fest was last year there. It's not at the same building. I think it's somewhere else is what I've heard. It's way, way bigger from what Cody told me. Is it? It's right. nothing like it was last year. There's right. calling comps in like multiple different levels, dog jumping competitions, 
no. live music. I think they have food trucks. Um, what else did they have? Bunch of I think product demonstrations. He's expecting a much much larger um, outcome from what they're what they yeah. had last year and what they're offering this year. So he was pretty jacked about it. Yeah, it's cool, man. I had a really really good time going to that one. I I mean, just to see everybody was awesome. That Cody, I get such a kick out of him. That guy makes me laugh. I like bullshit. He's funny shit. Yeah, we actually when um, we were sitting there doing the contest. And I, I seen him like giving people tours of the shop, you know, and when you get down there, you're like, holy shit, this is a big ass freaking building full of decoys. So uh, me and I can't remember who else I was with, but maybe David Goose or something, but we just gave like ourselves our own tour. <laughs> like We're just walking we'll around. Over. We're just walking around the whole building. Like, oh yeah, pintails. Oh yeah, snow gates, you know, blah, blah, blah. And we get to the building and this one lady's like, can I help you guys? We're like, no, we're just, we're just getting, giving ourselves a tour. She's like, okay. And then just kind of left yeah. us alone. And then we ran into Cody, and Cody's like, what are you guys doing? We're like, oh, we're just walking around checking out the shop. He's like, well, I mean, I was kind of giving people tours. We're like, no, that's cool. And then we just left. We're like, well, anyway, see ya. <laughs> that's wild. Yeah. It's not like he was mad or anything. I just think he was like, okay, whatever. That's but funny, yeah, though. It's, it's, it's a good time, dude. There's a, they had really good barbecue there, and uh, it was hot as shit. I remember that. I remember everybody had a ring of sweat around their neck because it was so freaking hot out. Oh, duly hopefully, noted. Hopefully they got more shade. <laughs> yeah, or AC opportunity. Yeah, right. Well, they're the only AC. They're smart because the only AC was in their uh, showroom. Oh, so you had to get people in there. <laughs> so you had to get well people played, in there. Well played, Cody. Well played. Exactly. And that's where they were selling all their stuff and yada, yada. It was awesome. Yeah, we're, I've heard nothing but good things about last year, so I'm really excited to, you know, check this out. It'll be, yeah, it'll be cool to go on doors, and it'll be cool to have a booth because they've been big to us. So this way we can show our appreciation and, and come down there and check it out and yeah, uh, get the whole layout and tour and meet a bunch of guys that I've talked to multiple times online face-to-face. Right, right. That's what I like about these shows and different yeah. venues. I can talk to people face-to-face like, oh, yeah, I've been talking for the past year and a half, you know? Right. Right. Absolutely. So we're really excited to partake. And uh, I know a couple chapters are going to come down. We're just going to kind of split the booth up. It'll be a basically a national booth for Fallen Outdoors, but we'll have like four different states that are there to help uh, work the booth. So you bring it out for everybody. You bringing Jeremy? Uh, I didn't even think about it. I should ask him. You should ask him. I should ask him. He's <laughs> got, got like eight kids. He's like Adrian Peterson. I know, yeah. Walk and see how busy he is. Guy's a fucking Viking. Starting his own village. Yeah. Yeah. Super, he's got that, that super stuff, you know? Multiple right. wins. Like, it's crazy. Right. Right. So are you done with shows too, or what shows you got going on? What's that? What shows do you have? Are you done with ice fishing? I don't know if I... Uh, yeah, basically, I mean, it wraps up here. In the, I mean, walleye's done in Minnesota. North Dakota, you can still fish because there's no, like, fishing laws for walleye and whatnot. It, in North just, Dakota? Yeah, you can fish 12 months a year. Holy shit, I didn't know that. It's wild. Yeah, that is wild. We're in Minnesota. It finished, like, what, last weekend, I believe. I have no idea. I don't fish. <laughs> yeah. I know you go out there, like, hold on to the rod, have a take a drink and go. I hardly do that. I hardly do that. Mike D was talking about it a couple weekends ago. Yeah. I feel like we're in for two seconds and then left. Dude, did you see him and I would fish in the one weekend and the monster fish he caught? Yeah, dude, he caught a big one. He yeah, him, and his, him and his fiance both landed yeah. trophies. In yeah, that one he was other. dark. Holy shit. It was a really good weekend. We pounded fish. We had some great food. I was up hibachiing it on the grill in my house. Had hey, Benny hot up in there. Speaking of that, dude, I need some of that secret sauce. I got you. Yeah. Well, you better have me. I'm saying, like, tomorrow, put it in the mail. <laughs> put it in the mail. I've heard I got you. wrap it, it up. Four or five months. I got you. I got you. Yeah, I, I know. Got you. I know. I, I'm, I'm worried about sending it, though, with the weather. Oh, whatever. I'll thaw it out. Whatever. Yeah, I suppose it'll come as a brick, but, yeah. yeah. I could, I Otherwise, could maybe one of these days I could make it up to you. But, I mean, I, I don't know if you can see, but I got two bubble hockey tables here. I see both of them. I don't <laughs> have one that's that epic, but my custom one downstairs is pretty fly. Yeah, I mean, you do, dude. Yours, mine is like a downgrade of yours, this one here. I'm actually taking yeah, this. Yeah, Supertech, same company. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually taking this one and putting it at our uh, brewery here in town. Well, that's a good idea. Yep, and then I'm getting these guys. I'm getting the guys painted for this one. Okay. And this 
this one will stay at the house for summer gatherings and shit. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so. man. It's something different. You got to get on one of these these deluxe ones I got. Dude, I know. I just don't. I, when I first got it, God, we played every day, and I, I haven't played it for a while now. I'm the same way. We were constantly at night, yep. daytime. Kids come over. Yeah. I still play it, but not as much as I'd like to. I need to have more gatherings, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, not just that. I mean, it, it sucks in the winter time. Yeah. It's better because I got a big backyard to have the door open and let people out and. Yeah. Hey, Come in and out and play bubble hockey and shit. It's fun. Yeah, anytime I have groups over here, we start doing whatever we're doing, and then the end always is at the bubble hockey. Is always on the bubble hockey. Yeah, always yeah. like a tournament or something. Yeah, it's it. a good time though. I love the bubble hockey. I never thought I would ever get to the level where I could afford one. Right, and right. That was my goal. Like when I become an adult, I yeah. want to get to a level where I could I could own one because I played it all the time as a kid. Yeah. So when I kind of just got to the level I'm at now, I go, I can buy one of these now. I've come to the level I want to be. You're right, right. And you're custom. Well, that was like my next step up. Like, I made it. Yeah, <laughs> I can yeah. go spend, like, cash on one of these and and yeah. not even think about it. Right. Yeah, it was so, good. And your custom one's spendy. I it mean, was. I, it was I, not cheap at all. I just remember playing hockey as a kid and always playing bubble hockey and shit. We all played it. And I'm like, one day I'm going to own one of these. See, that's what I'm saying. I was the exact same way. I yeah. go, I will own one of these one day. One day, mark my word. Right, yeah. And a couple no. buddies that knew I was talking about it back in the day, when they saw I got one on Snapchat, they were like, dude, you made it. I was like, I yeah. know. <laughs> I just unboxed it today. He's like, you, right. you made it. Talking Hell about yeah. 100 years old, and here we are, 30 years later. Right. Yeah, it yeah. was cool. It was it's, not cheap, but it, it, it holds value. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It ain't going to go down. No. You ain't going to lose your ass on it. No. Well, that about wraps up today's show. I can't thank my guest enough, Joe Hines, for joining us. I had an absolute blast. I hope you had as much fun as I did. Um, Stay tuned for next episode. We have some incredible guests coming, as always. Uh, If you want to learn more or you want to follow Joe, Hit him up on Snapchat, Mr. Heinz. Uh, he's on YouTube under Grinder Heinz. And on Instagram, uh, Grinder Heinz. So hit him up. Uh, he's got a lot of great content. Uh, he's always dropping some pretty awesome stuff, especially with the Roost TV and his podcast. So thanks again, Joe, for joining us. Uh, everyone, thanks for joining us. Have a great night. Bye.